Welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lin, together with my colleague and friend, Colin Hun. The world of technology and healthcare are ever-changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news meshed together in new ways which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. Today, we'll be talking about workforce issues and specifically the problems and benefits of non-competes in healthcare. And be sure to follow the show on social media at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 17 years of health IT blog content at healthcareittoday.com. Should I have uh, given you a non-compete, Colin, when you started working with me? (laughs) I I think I'm located in the state of California, John. So... uh... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so maybe that's good that we start with our bias. I just fundamentally am like against non-competes uh for employees uh i you know i think uh one i need to keep you here you know <laughs> like <laughs> i need to create an environment that you want to stay here right and um uh you know I, and i also want what's best for you you know and i mean it's interesting our intro says we're friends which is true right <laughs> so it's yeah like, if that's what's best for you you know and uh, and hopefully you know the opposite's true too you won't go try to screw me at <laughs> some other media company but yeah yeah, I guess the, to give the audience a little context of why we're talking about uh, non-competes, um, I guess the FTC, John, you're you're saying that they're looking at potentially striking them down and making them not enforceable anymore. Yeah, that's right. The uh, FTC uh, chair, uh, you know, with a lot of uh, kickback from you know the Chamber of Commerce and some other large organizations like that, uh, they're they're exploring. You know, should we make non-competes illegal? And that those shouldn't be allowed anywhere. Uh, as you said, it's already true in California. So we do it. Um, so, you know, we'll see if they come through. They submitted, uh, I forget the exact terminology, but they got 20,000 comments on it. So, you know, it's going to take them a while to go through all those comments and filter through and decide what to do. But that is going to be, you know, that is where they're pushing and they're likely to push is to, you know, basically abolish non-competes. Maybe there'll be a few exceptions or something. Um, and then most certainly if they, and probably when they implement this, uh, it'll then go through legal challenges. Is this allowed? Not the least of which from what I read is, you know, the question of, is this a state's issue or is this a national issue? And so that that could be one legal gra- you know, framework for it. The other is, is this anti-competitive? Is this, you know, anyway, I'm not a lawyer, obviously you're not either, but you know, there's all sorts of legal challenges that I think is going to go all the way to the Supreme Court if it does go into effect, because it's such a uh, groundbreaking, important, impactful thing that would impact a lot of companies. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's just, when you told me, I was like, you know, that's the first thing that popped in my head is like, talk about a historic change, right? Like, really? is that possible? <laughs> yeah, like it, it would be monumental. But, you know, and you're right, I agree. It's going to take a long time for, its, for it to wind its way through courts. But I think once you release this genie, it's out. Like, I don't think people will wait uh, for the, whether it becomes law to start gearing up for the day when this is no longer around, right? You know, even if, because I, I doubt that, well, anyway, who knows how the Supreme Court would, would rule or what the lawyers will do, or what the what the objections are. But but if even this thought got to this level, then you know companies would be like, man, I gotta think of something, I'm gonna think of some other way to prevent this from happening. And 
you know, I, for example, I think it'll cause a flood of patent applications, right? There'll be more things labeled trade secrets, right, as a way to to protect IP, um, because yeah, you 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 won't be able to. And and I got to be honest, like I don't know if you really could. Like, how many companies were prepared to take a person or a competitor to court over the hiring of another employee? And I'm not talking about like your CTO or like the chief scientist. I get I get that. But like when it's like a salesperson or like when it's a marketing person, like how many companies were really going to mount that legal objection anyway, right? So in one hand, I look at it and go, the practicality of enforcing it was beyond the, the means of most small companies anyways. So, you know, it wasn't really that enforceable, even if it was written into the contract. <laughs> Well, I, the, the the hard thing is that a lot of companies are, especially the larger ones, right? Yes. Where they just can and they can throw their weight around and, uh, you know, that's a rounding error on what they're doing. I, but I think also what's interesting is if, you know, it's often the partners and customers of these people that are suffering from these non-competes because the non-competes don't allow them to go work at the customer. And in one sense, it makes sense, right? Like, hey, I introduced you to the customer. I built the relationship with the customer. And now they're going to poach you away and take you away from me after I trained you and did all this, right? So in one sense, like the non-compete makes sense because that does feel wrong in many senses. And so that's what we see happening, though, is they don't have to even go the legal route. They threaten the legal action to their customer or to their partner who needs a good relationship with that vendor. You know, you know, in the EHR world, if you've spent a hundred million, let alone a couple billion, you know, on an EHR, the last thing you want to do is piss off your EHR vendor, right? <laughs> like, so, you know, when they come and they say, Hey, you know, this person's violating their non-compete, you know, the health systems are kind of hamstrung and they don't really have a choice. Like that person's gone or maybe moved to a new role but in most cases they're gone. So I think that's the trouble. Like, sure. Maybe, you know, just the threat of illegal action, let alone the actual legal action is enough to stop people from doing it. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it, you know, that's, and that's why I say it's historic, right? Because there are for every case on one end where it's like, Oh, this is too small to bother. Like, you know, are you really going to enforce it on some, you know, I'll call it junior intern that left and goes going work for a competitor. I doubt anyone would, would blink an eye at that. Right. But you're right. On the other hand, if you spent, you know, a few hundred thousand training someone on some specialized software or some specialized methodology only to have them up and leave to go to a client that they were working on because that was an implementation you were doing. I mean, that sucks, right? That's not so good for the company. So but so it I can also see both for the customers that can't find people because of these restrictive non-competes as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's a very, I mean, it always it is a very nuanced issue. And and uh it'll be interesting to see how this one winds its way through. So uh, honestly, though, I'm all for it because to your point, um, if if that person was thinking about leaving and they're enticed by whatever that offer is, then then to me it's a sign that it wasn't a good fit for that person at your company, right? For whatever reason, but through maybe no, no fault of your own, right? Like but the fact that that other person is is being lured away, most people will get lured away for a good reason. So you know that means you just have to work that much harder to to make sure you keep them, right? Well, and often uh, they're not even lured away, right? I, I think that's almost I know that happens, right? Especially with the highest quality people. But what's more common, especially in healthcare, is people that are just done working at that company, right? Like right. they don't like the culture, they don't like the team they're on, they don't, whatever reason, right? Maybe they want to move. 
they want to go somewhere else. Right. And they, you know, they don't want to live in that cold area. They want to go somewhere warm, right. You know, they're, yeah. they're, their husband's moving, right? You know, whatever, right? <laughs> like, and so, you know, like you have these situations where that restricts them in a big way, uh, you know, where thousands of companies are out of, you know, out of commission and you're not allowed to work for them. And that's a real problematic. And, you know, that goes to our next question is like, how do these non-competes hinder innovation or do they, right? Uh, you know, or, you know, and, and you know, I, when I look at that, I think about what you just described. If the non-compete is keeping someone there because they can't go to another competitor or even, you know, you know, a customer, et cetera, if that's keeping them there, do you want that employee, right? Like, you know, like they're not going to be doing their best work, right? They're not going to be delivering the same results. And so in many ways, you when you look at the non-compete, you're probably keeping a bunch of people there that are going to be low performers. And then interestingly, do they fire them? You know, like you have to get so bad that you get fired so that then the non-compete doesn't apply. Although I think it still does. I'm not an expert on employment law. Anyway, like in that way, it hinders innovation at the company that it's at, let alone the fact that many of these innovative people who maybe want to go to a startup company that's going to enhance the existing vendor, right? Like they understand the vendor and they understand the holes of that vendor and they want to improve it. And they want to improve the life for the customers that they've been talking to. So on that side, I think it hinders innovation as well. If you're not allowed to do a startup company that interacts with your you know, original vendor. Yeah, I to me, this one's black and white. I, I do think non-competes hinder innovation for society as a whole, right? Like uh, I think that, you know, in general, if you're preventing someone who spent years or built up some knowledge in a specific space or around a certain solution, to hinder them from working at a company that's on a similar solution or, or you know, at a customer of theirs, to me, you're, you're setting both companies back for no reason, right? You're losing an employee that you've invested in. That's sad and unfortunate. But now you're depriving a potential client or partner or some other you know, a player from that innovation that that person could bring. Right, which may have lifted the entire industry up, right, or maybe it would have led to an even stronger relationship uh, with that uh, with that particular partner of yours. So I totally agree that this this is hindering innovation, and especially in healthcare, we already have a challenge enough keeping people in our industry. Like we're n- we're not tech, right? Like we're you know we're not the high tech industry. We're not <laughs> we're, we're not in the entertainment industry. Like we're, we you know so. I think it, it it further hinders innovation because these people, where are they going to go? They're basically going to leave healthcare, right? <laughs> or they're going to go to a healthcare company where they have to relearn something new and that sets everything back by another couple of years. So I totally feel that non-competes uh, hinder innovation for sure. Well, and it's frustrating because how often would someone that leaves a company go and create a competitive company? Certainly it happens in the smaller scale, right? So maybe in a startup, it even makes some sense to some degree since it's so new and you don't have the track record. But when you're a 5,000, you know, 15,000 person company, like they don't usually go and try to compete with you, right? Like, you know, an EHR vendor that has 5,000 employees or even a thousand employees, right? Like you're not going to go build your own EHR and start competing with Epic and Cerner and Meditech, right? Like that's not the thinking. In most cases, they're going to go start a company that's going to enhance your existing ecosystem. And so I think that's where it's short-sighted as well. 
when companies do the non-compete because it's like these companies want to be all things to everyone, but they can't, right? Like there's just too many problems in healthcare. That's why we've needed the APIs to be able to get access to, right? It's the same discussion. Like, oh, if we make APIs access available, what's going to happen? Like, well, they're not going to compete with you. They're going to enhance their product for your customers and make your customers even happier that they're using your product. So I think that's where non-competes fall out, you know, and allowing for innovation where the company just doesn't have the bandwidth to solve some of these problems is where we're really missing out when a company is really aggressive in their non-compete. Yeah, and then that's that was one thing I was going to say, John, about your earlier comment. I, I don't think a non-compete, especially these days, is what's anchoring an employee to a company. I mean, I think that's the last thing that that employees think about is they're non-competing. Like that's the reason to stay. Like if that's your only reason to stay, you got bigger problems, right? Like, like, and there's so much choice these days, right? Like, um, some of these non-competes, especially the older written ones, are so narrow. Like all, all you would have to do, it's like a, you know, it's like almost like a, a trademark, right? Like all you have to do is alter one little thing in the new company. And it's like, oh, well, we're not direct competitors, right? Or maybe the non-compete that you had at the time didn't include AI. And now you're going to go join a, like another company that's doing AI, but that wasn't written in your contract, right? Like, you know, what I'm saying is I don't think a non-compete keeps an employee. I don't think it's the, it's the golden handcuffs. I, I think it's more of the stability, the, the salaries, the, you know, the fact that you know everyone you work with. Like, I think those are the more of the po- more powerful uh, things that you stay, if, reasons why you stay. But I can see how it would prevent you from maybe looking at or even considering working for comp- certain companies, right? Because you're just, you, why would you bring the ire of your former employer down on you, right? Like, so you'd look elsewhere. And and again, going back to it, I think that does hinder innovation. We're losing that bright mind uh, from from furthering that particular area of healthcare. Yep, absolutely. Hey, if you're just tuning in and you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lin and Colin Hung. Today, we're talking about the problems and benefits of non-competes in healthcare. So, so John, let me, let me ask you this question. Um, are non-competes important for companies to protect their investment employees? And you know, are they really that effective at doing that? Yeah. And to me, it's an extension of what you were just talking about, right? And that... You, that you're right. Like, you know, there's other reasons. And, and push comes to shove people get angry and just leave, right? Like, but there is this mental hurdle, right? That says, okay, well, if I have that EHR specific experience, where do I go? Where can I work? And in many cases, many of the EHR vendors right now are hiring young, you know, young people and training them up. And so that is the only experience they have. And so that's where I think it makes it challenging where there's this mental hurdle that says, oof, if I don't work for them and I can't work for all their customers, and some of them have gone so far as to create entire lists of companies that you're not allowed to go work at, customers and companies, which is fascinating. I mean, it's nice that at least they're transparent with it, but these are thousands and thousands of companies that you can't go work at who would actually be ideal targets for you to go work at. And so uh, there is this mental barrier that says, can I go out on my own? Uh, you know, th- there's a lot of them, you know, in the EHR world that, you know, that were, that, which has been really aggressive, uh, you know, some vendors have been with their non-compete where they, they call it a gap year. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, I'm going to do a gap year. But instead of 
like going backpacking through Europe or whatever, you know, they're doing their gap year is just like trying to survive while they wait till they can get back, you know, into the market again. And some of them have two year non-competes, which is, you know, even harder to imagine. So it's an interesting balance for sure. But, you know, I think that it, you know, it does keep some employees around, but again, I think it keeps the wrong employees. And I think that's bad for your company. I think in uh, some cases, like when you're a very, like when you're the chief scientist of a company or you're like the chief technology officer, I do think that companies value the non-compete because it would protect their investment in someone like that at that level, right? That has that much knowledge, knows all the intimate details of of the strategy. Exactly. (laughs) So I can understand why a company would look at and go, non-competes are important for people like that. Um, I think when you go further down in the organization, it gets harder and harder to go to justify like, why are you keeping this poor student handcuffed to you, preventing them from furthering their career, and they have to, you know, forcing them to take these gap years. I think there it can get a little ridiculous, right? And and I don't think that's what even companies meant for meant that non compete to do, right? They, I don't think they would really want to harbor a student, a new graduate just because they work for them for six months to from going on to an, another company to furthering their career, right? Um, I also think it does hurt, or I think uh, small companies do value the non-competes who don't have the means to enforce it, right? As you mentioned earlier, like as a startup, if I'm working on some, you know, really innovative new technology and I invested in a bunch, you know, a couple of, of folks to maybe bring on as developers, you know, you wouldn't want to have them suddenly leave and create a competing company to you that was directly competitive to you. And, I, and a non-compete can try, can sometimes prevent that. Right or at least delay them long enough so that that original company can leap ahead again. Right. So again, I do understand that for them, uh, non compete could be very important. But as a way to protect their your investment, I think that's a really short sighted. Like if you're really that interested in protecting your IP and in your investment, there's other mechanisms for that. Like go apply for that patent. Right. Because then you own that patent, and no matter you know if they go and create another company, you're like, great, give me the royalties. Right. Like or 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 don't sell it to them. Right. Or you go after them through a proper legal channel to go at that IP. Um, or like as you said before, just make it so it's very enticing for them to stay. Right. Um, yep. You know. So. Yeah, I I don't think um I do think it's important in some sense, but I think in the majority of cases it's overblown in terms of how important it is to a company to protect their IP and then protect their investment in employees. Well, and there are options like confidential information, trade secrets, and we see lawsuits, right? Where someone goes to a competitor and they do that, right? Uh, you know, and so there is some protection there. And you're right on the startups, there's some element of don't go and create a competitor, but probably even more so poach someone off your large company that come, wants to compete with you, but isn't competing well, that wants to pick off and understand, you know, really just pick you off to understand what you're doing so that they can replicate it or they can attack it or whatever. Uh, you know, it's interesting. We see that in football, right? Where they might even bring someone in that was on the their, you know, the team that they're competing against, not because they actually want that person, but they want that person to tell you about the playbook of the other team. So right. it turns out it happens everywhere. Like this is like real stuff uh, that, that could happen. And so you have to be careful for sure. But then it does give you, you know, you do have other legal remedies beyond just the non-compete to do it. So, you know, I think it does make some sense there, you know, in that smaller level at the larger company, you know, to me, it's it's really hard to to understand, especially when you think about, 
oh, the investment in keeping the employees. You know, I, I look at it a different way. And maybe this is because I'm in Vegas and Zappos is here in Vegas. They do something really interesting. After they train you on everything they do, which they have like a two-week, three-week training process, right? Where you're on the phones, you learn about culture, all this stuff. If at the end of that, you don't want to stay there, they'll pay you to leave. So like they literally are like the opposite of a non-compete. They're like, hey, if you don't want to be here, we don't want you here either. So we're going to pay you to leave so that you know we keep the people that are the right culture there because culture matters so much. So it's interesting to think about those two sides of it, right? Where it's like, I'm going to pay you to leave because I want to make sure we have the right people on the bus. It's probably a better strategy than, hey, I'm going to force you to stay here against your will, even though you want to leave. Uh, yeah, that that's a bad strategy for a business. Yeah, like no one wants to leave a place that they enjoy working at, where they feel fulfilled, they feel valued. I mean, that's hard to find. And anybody who switched jobs often will tell you that's those are some of the hardest values and hardest things to 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 join a company, like to to find in a new company. So as soon as you find that, those are the like that's a far better way to protect your investment, right? Like, and I'm not thinking, I'm not talking about perks and things like that. I'm talking about like really helping people to contribute at their top of their license or their top of their value or abilities. Like those are the things that you should invest in. And and when you do that, people will stick around. Is a non-compete a sign that your company sucks, right? Like if you're so aggressive with your non-competes, is that a sign that your culture sucks? And so I need a non-compete to keep you around, right? Like it could be. It could be. I wonder if someone studied that. (laughs) Yeah. Like I can imagine the chart, right? Is one sort of an inverse of the other. The more more restrictive the non-compete, the worse the company culture is. (laughs) Who knows? That'll be an interesting study. But John, what do you think? um, Like, how do you think this? Uh, when it gets through uh, the Supreme Court, or do you think this will impact uh, healthcare? And and where do you see non-completes playing now in healthcare? Yeah, I mean, there's a number of elements here. One is, uh, you know, in many ways, you look at the what we pay for certain staff in healthcare, and we pay a lot more because the supply is restricted because of non-competes. And so, you know, right now we're paying a lot for an Epic person, for a certain person, because there's so many restrictions. Okay, if we get rid of the non-compete, is that going to flood the market with more people, which interestingly will lower the cost uh, of those people? You know, I also saw an interesting study that said the opposite. It was arguing the opposite that, hey, if you get rid of non-competes, then we're actually going to increase wages for all those people because they were working at a company where they couldn't, you know, they couldn't go to the competitor, they couldn't go to whatever a customer. But now that they can, they'll actually get a higher salary. And so then Hmm. salaries will go up. So, you know, from a macro perspective, it may go up from a micro perspective. If I'm a hospital or health system, I'm saying, please get rid of the non-competes because I would happily have more people on the market and more supply of these experts available to me. I think there's going to be an impact in one sense. Um, It goes back to what I've been talking about before. I think what this may do is at the very small end of the market. So if I'm a new entrepreneur uh, creating a new company, I may delay hiring people, (laughs) right? Because I don't want to have bring on someone only to train them, only to have them leave. If if I'm that paranoid or that fearful, I, I may delay my hiring. So in some way, it actually may hinder my my timelines. It may uh, slow me down in terms of how fast I'm going to bring my innovation to market. I also think it may change the way entrepreneurs uh, farm out their work. 
I think you might see more compartmentalization, right? If I'm super paranoid about someone stealing my idea or running away with it, what I might do then is, you know, if I'm a development shop, I might go, okay, well, you develop this one part, but then without parts three, four, and five, you wouldn't be able to put this whole thing together. So I'll have a different team working on part number three and part number four and part number five, and I'll hire them overseas and I'll have a different groups and, you know, and I'll cobble it together myself when all the parts are done. Like, it may cause a different form of work if you're really, really working on something that you're very paranoid or very concerned about, uh, you know, leaking out into the market or having someone just one person up and leave and replicating what you're doing. So I think it'll be interesting because it may change a little bit of the dynamics of work. Yeah, that's fair. And the other angle that I think is interesting is, you know, and we know who one of the biggest, you know, non compete people is Epic, right? How many more companies would there be? that would support the Epic ecosystem if they didn't have a non-compete. I think that's worthy of consideration. Certainly there's a few, right? Like we know Nordic Consulting came out, you know, the Epic Redox that came from some Epic people, you know, that there's a number of standout ones there, but it's like, how many more would there be if people didn't have to wait the two years? Because let's be frank, we know the numbers in healthcare, they can't even pay their medical bills. So how are they going to be able to, you know, survive one to two years with no income or working in another industry or whatever, right? Like that's that's a challenging thing for an entrepreneur to overcome. But if they didn't have that, right? If they could just, you know, do the work, then would we see a whole ecosystem of companies that that support and enhance Epic, Cerner, Meditech? Let's throw them all in there, right? I think we would, right? And I think that would be a good impact for healthcare. Because no doubt there's thousands of gaps in everything that healthcare is doing that these entrepreneurs could go and fill. Yeah, I, I would. I totally agree. All you have to do is look over at the world of SAP and the ecosystem that surrounds that company, yeah, right? And, and how large it is, right? And, and in fact, as you put it, that ecosystem essentially reinforces the near monopoly that SAP has in the ERP world, right? Like, because there's just so many uh, consulting companies, so many supportive organizations of that ecosystem, you can't help but go, well, I just sign up for the SAP because I need all these other pieces to it. So could the same ha thing happen here in the R world? For sure. I could totally see that. But it's interesting to kind of rewind back the tape and go, well, would this... What happens if there was no compete, no non-compete back when Epic was smaller? Yeah. Would we would we now have 40 strong EHRs <laughs> rather than a smaller number? Or would would Epic now be more in the acquisition world, right? Gobbling up some of these competitors that may have sprung up from some of their former employees. Equally a good thing, right? Like uh, I was gonna say, I think 40 other epics would actually be a good thing. <laughs> like yeah. it's, a, it's not a good thing for Epic and their shareholders, but it's good for the ecosystem in general. Competition is generally good. Yeah. So I mean, it's interesting to think about. It. It's sort of an interesting exercise to to run through. Uh, you know, hopefully that world of no non competes is going to arrive soon. But I agree with you with what you said at the top, John. I think it's going to take a little bit of time before we get to there. Yeah, but it's worth considering now. What are the other things you could put in place if it does get enacted? Yeah, and I agree. That's the I think that's the message from this episode. You know, make sure that the non-compete is not the only reason why your employees are staying with you. <laughs> hey, listen, thanks to all of you who tuned into this episode of Healthcare IT Today. Find out more details about our show by checking out the programs page at healthcarenowradio.com. And please share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com and on social media using the hashtag HITSM. I'm Colin Hung, along with my health IT collaborator, John Lin. Thanks for listening, and we'll have a great week. <laughs>